my approach, you know, it it started to evolve really, I guess, over 20 years ago. And I think because I made a very deliberate decision, a very conscious decision to play the soprano saxophone exclusively, and that in itself causes, forces me to, to dig deeper. The, the instrument had a certain sonic clarity almost instantaneously that I was not able to get to on the tenor saxophone. I, I found myself feeling somewhat limited in a certain way just because, you know, it, it didn't really have the openness of the, the tenor saxophone. So that led me into exploring uh, extended techniques, playing multiphonics, uh, exploring quarter tone, tonality, expanding the range into the altissimo register, exploring different types of tongue. It soon led to me uh, preparing the saxophone, uh, altering the way that the air enters and exits the instrument. So this led me to attaching tube extensions to the instrument, which, which could, in some instances, expand it by two or three octaves, uh, certainly lower. And um, uh, hanging chimes, I've, I've even explored reed straws. You know, a lot of times when you're uh, working with little kids and you're trying to teach them about how vibration creates sound you cut out a reed made out of a straw which creates this very intense buzzing sound but exploring that or sometimes attaching aluminum foil or some type of tin plate at the end of the horn and that that's unique because not only do I get the vibration at the top of the horn but also at the bottom so you're, you're sort of you're sort of uh, getting, uh, you know, you may say vibrations from the horn at, at, at both ends. So consequently, you know, I've developed my own sonic vocabulary within the saxophone. Sometimes these are not sounds that fall comfortably within the 12 tones of equal temperament, meaning that you're not going to be able to find these sounds on the piano. However, you will be able to find these sounds maybe when a glass breaks or the rattling, you know, of a drawer or the sounds of the wind, you know, like all of these things, you know, sort of open your, your sense of what's possible. So when I do arrive at these sort of untraditional sonic outcomes you know i'm i'm very open to the sound i don't try to make it something that it's not I really accept it for what it is
self-identify as a jazz musician because for the most part most of what I work on like the way that I hone my craft you know it's just as far as sound development technique uh, development of increasing my awareness of rhythm and harmony it's really through studying jazz music however when I go to play you know I'm you know I flirt with jazz but I don't sort of present myself as sort of a, you know, just sort of a, a complete jazz musician. You know, I, I really I identify as a, a improviser who uses jazz, not more as a as a source of information, more so than trying to play it with any type of stylistic specificity. as far as putting the hose on the end of the sack, I guess maybe literally and metaphorically, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I mean, it was really, I just, I was just, I'm, I'm constantly looking for sounds and looking for ways to, you know, exploit, you know, the sonic possibilities of the instrument. And I think a lot of that does come from making a very conscious decision that I will not play any other instrument other than the soprano saxophone. And that's the thing too, a lot of times people say, oh, well, wow, you must feel very limited with what you do. And I always say, yeah, well, initially I did, but now that I've found a, a way or ways to expand the sonic parameters of the instrument, I found, I, I found now I'm, I'm, I'm limitless. the sounds kind of overlap you know I guess I've been doing it for a while so I, I really I hear the potential in most things that I hear my my ears are constantly in tune to just sounds in in, in general and just what what happens or what results when things vibrate I mean, it sounds corny, <laughs> but uh, I know uh, there's this famous quote by uh, 
Picasso where he says it took him four years to paint like Raphael but a lifetime to learn to, to paint like a kid or a small child you know I, I feel I'm sort of embracing you know that type of, of you might say a path you know when I'm when I'm when I'm exploring and practicing and composing you know I'm really just trying to keep that childlike curiosity in place and not really have this preconceived agenda of what it should or should not be, you know, a sense of right and wrong, just really accepting it as being that it is what it is. And, you know, I can either embrace it or walk away from it.